Everyone eats out every day, but people don't think about how food arrives on the plate. This is Grounded, and I'm Lauren Mitchell. Join me as we delve deep into the challenges, expertise, and experiences of professionals and innovators in the food service industry. Grounded is powered by the Buyer's Edge Produce Division. Our mission is to provide innovative solutions and excellent service to food service operators. Hi, it's Stephanie File, Produce Alliance's CPO. During these volatile markets, we seem to get a lot of the same questions. How long will these volatile markets last? Will fall transition be as volatile as last year? Are we sourcing more contracted commodities from Huron or other regions? Is Produce Alliance a monosourcing company or a multi-sourcing company? As everyone knows, almost all wet veg items seem problematic. This includes items like lettuces, romaines, leafy greens, broccoli, and cauliflower. We will be dealing with these challenges all month. We would love to give a more exact date on when these issues will end, but for now, the forecast is several weeks. Please embrace for these challenges. I guess we can say Protus is never boring. Because of these volatile markets, Protus Alliance will be launching live updates from the field. Starting late this week, we will look at quality, forecast, and show you all these multi-sourcing farmers and regions we use to help you get through these volatile times. To end with a positive note, strawberries have improved this week. Look for these new live updates by following Produce Alliance on Instagram and Twitter. And that's your grounded update from the field. I couldn't be more thrilled for this discussion. I have my notepad ready as I know this is going to be good. Today's guest is an ambitious leader who constantly strives to make a difference by inspiring others. She's recognized as an advocate for strategic change and renowned for the ability to conduct daily business with a sense of humor, yet high level of integrity. She's a leading board member for the National Restaurant Association, Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, Christy Kingry. Hey, Lauren, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Okay, let's dig in. So how did you start your journey in supply chain? Where did it all begin? So um, my career actually did not start in supply chain. I've been in uh, supply chain slash food service supply chain for about 13 years, but my college degree is actually in fashion design and marketing. So out of college, I started in the wild world of costume design and fashion show production, uh, which I loved dearly, um, but found that it was a better hobby for me uh, than a career. So from there, I went into a real estate law firm uh, as a paralegal. And then uh, I was lucky enough to have some wonderful folks over at RCOP, which is Arby's Supply Chain Cooperative, take a chance on me uh, and brought me in as an entry-level buyer. And uh, I haven't looked back since. A theme that we've already had on this show is the different backgrounds and how they've really fed into the strengths of folks in supply chain. Um, one woman last week who started in textiles and the whole point is just having a diverse team with all different backgrounds and even keeping that in consideration when you're recruiting new talent, what their strength and background can actually bring in terms of new sites, new perspectives into a role in, in supply chain. So I love hearing that. 
Okay. So looking back from when you started to your career and where we are today, what do you believe to be the greatest improvement within supply chain or a food service industry? So <laughs> jokingly, I would say one of the greatest improvements is that people actually know what supply chain is now. Uh, <laughs> so that's been a huge advancement uh, for us as an industry. But um, you know, I'd probably say it's something along the lines of the accessibility of data and uh, evolution of analytics. Um, Absolutely. You know, we've got things accessible to us now, you know, as far as real-time dashboarding and, you know, a lot of advancements in that area, um, just to the visibility that we can get of what's inside of our supply chain. So that's probably one of the things that I've seen change the most since I started in the industry. But, you know, there's there's other things that before the pandemic occurred, I probably would have said were great advancements in supply chain in general. Um, so you think about things like, you know, offshoring and, you know, just-in-time uh, inventory and manufacturing and lean manufacturing and all these things that we thought were really great at the time and they were saving costs and trimming fat and um, making a difference. When the pandemic hit, we we realized that a lot of supply chains kind of imploded because we trimmed away so much fat that we didn't have a lot of cushion left. Um, so, so some of those things that we thought were great advancements, maybe we weren't uh, all the right advancements for supply chain, but um, you know, in general, uh, the industry continues to make improvements, but I think the accessibility of, of data um, and the tools to which we can use for analytics have, have really made a difference for us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so my kids always ask the simple question, mom, what is it that you do? And the easiest way to your point in, in helping people understand what exactly the supply chain means is supporting the path of a product from the source to the end user. Now, taking that into food service and specifically with produce, it's a highly charged path where the speed and cold chain becomes critical to keeping the, the quality and the flavor intact. There's limited buffer time, let's say. So in your experience, tell me, especially for, for your current role with Tropical Smoothie Cafe, um, what does it take to procure the best with produce? So produce is a, a loaded topic for us. Um, a lot of times when people say produce, they're really talking about fresh produce. Um, but obviously being a smoothie chain, we use a lot of frozen produce because um, a lot of the berries and the mango that we use in our smoothies, we pack and freeze that at the peak harvest times, um, the great time of the year when the products are sweet um, and, and the perfect products that we want in our smoothies. So we really kind of bifurcate produce into our fresh produce supply chain and then a frozen produce supply chain. When it comes to fresh produce, you hit the nail on the head as far as the timing goes. And so I'll I'll provide an example here of, of something that we continue to work on um, for our supply chain is our bananas. So there's a lot of other smoothie chains um, that use, you know, a, a frozen banana or a banana puree. And we've chosen to use fresh bananas in our smoothies. And um, if you think about when you go to the grocery store, a lot of times you'll go get bananas. They're too green, um, mm. which means the sugars haven't developed. They're not sweet enough. They're kind of hard. They don't taste very good. Or then you bring your green bananas home and three days later, they now have brown spots on them. 
And, you know, you're talking about making some banana bread because that's about all they're good for. So you've got a a really, really tight window. So you look at all of these tropical, subtropical regions where bananas are grown and you've got to get bananas from those growing regions all the way to tropical smoothie cafes in the United States. And you've got a really short window of perfect peak ripeness on fresh bananas. So um, when we talk about procuring the best, um, those are the fine, fine, fine details that we are looking at is um, we want our bananas to be yellow with just a tiny bit of green on the tip. uh, And you've got a really short window to nail that. It's fascinating. I mean, bananas are arguably the most challenging of all produce commodities given their ripening stage. And so to consider that you're able to manage a supply chain with over 1,200 locations that still utilizes fresh bananas in your smoothie. It's it's very impressive. It is impressive um, and challenging, uh, but, but we're up to the challenge. <laughs> I love it. So one component that I find to be top-notch with Tropical Smoothie Cafe is your food safety program. And taking a step back, as I said, you've got over 1,200 cafes in the United States, but not only that, over 600 franchisees um, within that model. Yet, Tropical Smoothie Cafe carries the highest compliance of franchisees buying on the produce program. Now, this is important because that means the integrity of your spec and food safety is completely intact for your restaurants. Um, It's no small task to maintain that. And I know that um, while we've got a blend of corporate-driven models, but also franchise-driven you definitely are on the um, higher performing end of that. So I'm just curious, you know, what do you feel to be the driving factor in the success that you guys have with maintaining this for the volume of units that that you have within the system? As far as just compliance with buying on, on the produce program or to the spec and, and, and the food safety um, parameters that you have in place. It's been a long path to get where we are, and it's taken a lot of different elements to to get us to the rate of compliance that we're at right now. So I'd say the winning recipe was really a combination of one. Um, we've got franchisees who care. We've got franchisees mm-hmm. who want to be good, who want to be great. Uh, and so they care about our guests. And um, so that makes it easier to get them on board with um, different programs, such as a fresh produce program through Produce Alliance that we utilize. Um, Two, we've got a really great field team. Our field operations team um, knows and understands the importance of this program, of uh, consistency across the system, and what that does to deliver great products for our guests. And so they are big advocates um, for ensuring compliance within the program. And then three, our supply chain team here uh, at Tropical Smoothie um, works very closely with Produce Alliance on a daily, weekly basis to look at compliance figure out where um, where we need to, you know, address anybody who's not purchasing within the supply chain and and um, get them up to speed on the benefits of, of why we need to do that as a company. So it really takes a, a pretty large group of people that care um, to execute a program like this. Hmm. So that's interesting. One, it's the people in the cafes that care about those that they serve. Um, you know, recognizing the need for it. It's the people you have regionally to support um, the cafes within the region, but then also your internal team. So the common ingredient to all that is people and and digging into it, just people a bit more. 
Um, I, I do know that about Tropical Smoothie. They are at the heart of your brand. Um, and, and labor being a critical piece of the puzzle of putting good food on the table. I'm curious, you know, one way to combat turnover is to improve aspects outside of pay, like workplace culture. And Tropical Smoothie Cafe has culture. Um, what have you done or what has Tropical Smoothie done in, in your environment to motivate any team members so that they can not only survive, but really thrive, um, either being a, a franchise owner or just a cafe member? Mm -hmm. So one of our core values is relationships rule. And that applies to our relationships internally, uh, the relationships that we have with external vendors, the relationships between franchisees and the Tropical Smoothie Support Center. Uh, and so that's that's at the heart of of what we do is we we treat each other well. Um, and so that's a big driver of our culture. But there's a lot of, you know, I, I don't think that there's one thing that we've done. I think it's consistency and consistently doing new and incremental things that add to that experience. Um, you know, one of the things that stands out most notably to me, um, obviously being a team member at Tropical Smoothie, is that we like to have fun um, <laughs> and, and we like to enjoy ourselves at work. And, you know, we can we can be silly, we can enjoy ourselves, but we can still get a lot of stuff done and make stuff <laughs> happen. And that's what makes it fun, uh, fulfilling, worthwhile to come to work every day is because we're, we're driving really great results, but we're also enjoying ourselves while we do it. And I honestly think, you know, you know, you're on tropic time now. Like that's what Tropical Smoothie is all about. We're all about the beach. We're about the sunshine. We're about fun. Uh, and so, uh, that's a big part of our culture and what drives people to enjoy being here and being part of us. I love that. Fun makes it fulfilling. That is so true. What about one thing that you wish your produce distributor or any vendor really knew that could help you serve your your customers or, or even just your cafes better? Well, it would probably be something along the lines of every last piece matters. Um, so our commitment to our franchisees is that we care, we communicate, and we drive their profitability. And so when it comes to fresh produce, shelf life is always a topic. Uh, and so when we're driving their profitability, we look very closely at monitoring and managing waste. And um, even if it's that last handful of lettuce that we have to throw away because it's gotten a little softer wilted or the one tomato that has, you know, mold on it in the bottom of a case, that could be the last tomato that you needed to get through your shift and have enough tomatoes to serve all your menu items with guests. Um, or, um, you know, it could be, you know, the, the drivers of your profitability by reducing waste. So um, that would probably be the one thing that I would want them to know is that, you know, franchisees, there's like nothing better than opening a case of fresh produce and just seeing beautiful, fresh produce. Mm. Yes. That's my favorite thing too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all want. We all want the same thing. It's just not very easy to get it. <laughs> right, let's chat crisis management for a minute. Um, how do you mitigate risks or um, support repeated issues in your current role? And it can be within fresh produce or even in a broader scope. Yep. 
Um, so a, a couple of ways, really. Um, you know, there's there's the tunnel of vision of, you know, hindsight being 2020. So when we see things that have happened um, and we didn't like the result, we didn't get a good result, uh, then we go in and we say, okay, what can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future? Uh, and then there's and then there's the pathway of looking into the future, identifying potential risks and saying, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that this doesn't actually happen? So I'd say we we addressed it um several different ways. And you know, risk management for us, uh, you know, has multiple levels. A lot of people associate risk and supply chain with, you know, food safety or QA or things like that. But we've got a lot of different risks that we manage within our supply chain. So one of them, obviously, being food safety and quality. That's a huge, um, huge brand driver for us. So, you know, we're always looking to mitigate, um, you know, those types of risks, reduce the risk there. But there's supply risk. Um, what do we do if we don't get the supplies that we need from the vendors that we have? So a lot of initiatives going on around supply risk and making sure that we've got the products Um that we need in the quantity that we need, where we need them, when we need them. Um, you know, there's there's price and cost risk. So how do we minimize those risks um, via contracting, um, different pro, you know, different procurement programs that we utilize. Um, so you know, risk tends to to kind of have this lens on food safety, but we've got a lot of different risks that we we work to mitigate on a, a really regular basis. Yeah, I agree. Supply risk is a big, important piece right now. And, and we've spoken a lot about supply chain, but it's how the focus is linking supply chain with the demand chain. And, and fortunately, data has supported a lot of the advancements with that, but really kind of diversification of your portfolio of suppliers just to ensure that that fill is there. Um, so I completely agree. Supply risk is really the, you know, getting further and further a focus for many right now. Post-pandemic, I mean, it's it's a hot topic. I mean, during the pandemic, post-pandemic, it's a hot topic to, to make sure that you're covered there. And, and there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, and we've done it differently with different suppliers. Sometimes it's greater floor stock agreements. Sometimes it's keeping extra inventory in a third-party warehouse somewhere. Sometimes it's um, you know, bringing in additional or more suppliers. There's there's a lot of different ways that we've gone about it to secure it. Um, but the end goal is that it's there when we need it. Absolutely. More of a general question, but what do you believe is most worth your time right now? We're we're incredibly busy in uh, you know, in this work environment and and day in, day out, it can get very hectic. But you know, time management and understanding priorities is is always important. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what's most worth your time? Yeah, I, the short answer there is people. Um, you know, when my time is short, that's that's where it gets focused on. So, people meaning um, one, my team, um, our supply chain positions have been very tough, very frustrating for the past couple of years. Mm. Uh, so, obviously, a lot of focus on you know, one, have that fun aspect, making sure that, hey, we're being serious, but we also got to enjoy ourselves a little bit too. Um, so a lot of focus there. People, especially as it relates to our franchisees, um, that's somebody that we've always got time for. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Um, I've always got time for franchisees um, to to hear what they're experiencing. 
um, because sometimes our beliefs, you know, based on what we're doing, you know, we think something's great, but they receive the products. They see them every day. They feel them every day. They taste them every day. They know what's going on and what they're truly receiving. Um, so they're, you know, we utilize them for feedback and a wealth of knowledge on, um, on the products that um, we're moving through the supply chain for them. Um, and then, you know, also our supplier partners, um, I, you know, that's just something that you've got to make time for. You've got to have great relationships. That's, that's, what's going to get you through tough times. Uh, and so, yeah, when I'm, when I'm tight on time, it's people that I'm using to spend my time with. That's a great answer. We're going to focus a little bit more in on tropical smoothie cafe, especially, um, getting folks in that may not know a lot about it. For one, Tropical Smoothie Cafe is, is more than just that. It's more than smoothies. If you've looked at their menu, there's breakfast items, burgers, wraps, sandwiches. Um, so I'm curious from your perspective, other than the smoothies being fresh and the food fantastic, why do people choose to go to Tropical Smoothie Cafe? Um, it, well, my short answer is, as you mentioned, because it's delicious. <laughs> um, and that that's the number one guest driver is that it's a delicious um, break from their day. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, when you go to Tropical Smoothie, you're on Tropic Time now. So we love the when you go into a cafe, um, it's just got a great vibe, right? Like it's just it's open, it's airy, it's fresh, it feels good. It's a it's a break from your day. Uh, and so um, aside from just going in for something delicious, we like it to be a, a good experience to to take a break for yourself too. Absolutely. It's why I still go to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So where is Tropical Smoothie Cafe headed in 2023? What is the focus? One of our key focuses right now is on profitability for franchisees. Uh, so obviously, you know, we've had you know, a lot of uh, highly inflationary environment as every everybody else has seen, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, and our commitment to them is, is that we help them drive profitability. So a lot of internal initiatives around um, helping them, you know, reduce costs, manage waste, manage their P&Ls to um, increase their profitability. Um, another big one that we're focused on is speed of service um, and improving that so that guests have that great tropic time visit. They're in, they're out, they got what they wanted. Um, and then, you know, success for us is OE's brand growth. So last year we opened 158 new cafes. Uh, this year we're slated to open even more than that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it will look like continued brand growth. Uh, increasing brand awareness uh, and becoming that national beloved smoothie chain that uh, that we are all here to be. Off script, but I, I am curious as, as um, you know, we manage many restaurants that are starting to look beyond the U.S. Do you know if Tropical Smoothie has any plans in the five, 10 year to go overseas at all or stay just within the United States? Uh, so it's something that we've explored. Uh, we've explored with great depth. Right now, we feel like we have so many more opportunities left in the United States that um, there's not necessarily a, a, a need um, to complicate the model at this point in time. But uh, we've had a lot of interest from franchisees in opening international uh, locations. 
we do believe that our that our location that our cafes would do really well internationally. So sure. I, my belief is that we will get there, um, and that we will get there in the future. Right now, we don't have a de- defined timeline for it, and we feel really good about the opportunities that we still have in the in the um, continental United States here. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't have asked if I didn't think it was a possibility. I think tropical smoothie would do great, but. Just yeah. like I tell my friends who try and plan fancy vacations overseas, I say there's still so much to explore <laughs> here exactly. in the U.S. Exactly. Um, awesome. All right. So talk to me. You know, a, a major promotion um, that Tropical Smoothie does every year is the watermelon mojito, and it involves watermelon and mint, and it's delicious, and it's just for a short burst of time. But it, you know, again, you're dropping in it, a new item, watermelon, into the supply chain that needs to expand across multiple state lines. You know, we have 50 different distributors set up to support all of your individual cafes. So it's ensuring that products in stock and to spec. Um, but outside of LTOs, just general investments into a change in the menu. Talk to me about that process. What what do you and or your team members do to go about that process and what might drive that change? Yeah, so um, we've got a product development team um, and and all of our major departments are represented within that PD team. Uh, supply chain, operations, um, you know, menu development, our chef, you know, all of that. So that PD team is the engine for innovation within the system. So one, it's driven by guest insights, um, most importantly, is that we develop things that our guests um, are looking for from our brand. And, you know, it really is a group effort in the sense that, um, you know, marketing is uh, the product development um, team is always pushing us to find something new and different and better. And if you look at our menu, especially our LTOs, we have a lot of exotic things um, that we put on the menu. Uh, you know, we do dragon fruit, we do star fruit. Um, you know, when's the last time you drove by a star fruit farm? Um, mm-hmm. It's not happening in the United States, right? So there are things that are not easy to get your hands on. Um, you can't procure them very quickly. They have specific harvest times in specific regions. Uh, and so it takes a lot of planful, thoughtful work to make these things come to life. Um, so, you know, innovation is really important to our franchisees. It's really important to our brand. Um, and it's, it's provides a source of something new and exciting to our guests. And so we are always looking to, to push the envelope and do things there. And, and what we strive to find is the healthy balance between, um, you know, it's new, it's rare, it's exotic, it's exciting. Our guests want it with supply chain, bringing us back down to earth. Um, hey, right. like we've got to have shelf life on it. Hey, you know, we can't do this in March because the growing season is in the summer. Um, and in March, you're not going to get good sweet fruit. Um, so you want to do it in June or July. And so that's where we work together as a team um, to, to, to really kind of develop out these concepts and what really makes sense. So the watermelon mojito, um, which has been um, one of our evergreen top brand selling smoothies, um, we do it in the summer um, because in the summer you can get watermelons and watermelons are good and sweet um, in the summer. So 
we always have to um, look at all of those little nuances of availability on these products um, so that we can bring them to life uh, at the quality uh, and cost that we need to, to drive those menu sales. Absolutely. Innovation is an interesting topic. I mean, and it works. It's so important with your supplier partners. I mean, you can be brought new ideas every day, but if they haven't been already filtered through your current model and what is known to be best for you guys, I mean, that just shows, you know, a good supplier partner, right? They've already vetted some of the nuances that they know are unique to your supply chain or system um, ahead of bringing you new ideas and, and options. So it's, that's very important. Yeah, it's it's just so important that we can deliver on those different variables for the different departments. And so, um, you know, it makes the process a challenge sometimes, but when you hit a winner that's easy to to for operations to deliver in cafes that, you know, supply chain can effectively deliver great quality products at the time that they're needed through the supply chain. And it's a really great, strong concept that guests wants. When you can deliver on that, it's great. It's like the trifecta. Um, but that's really hard to do, um, to develop something that's simple and tasty um, and sells. All right. So we know that when you went to college, you were studying something completely different than what you're doing today. So is there something that you learned then that's strangely relevant to what you are doing today? You know, in an odd way, I find that a lot of things that I did and I learned in college are extremely relevant to what I do Absolutely. today. Uh, so, I mean, let me just throw out a few examples. Um, and they're all like very soft skill oriented, but it's just things like working hard, treating people well. Like it doesn't matter what industry you work in. Like those are the things that that you learn and that you carry with you and become a part of who you are. So, um, yes, I learned pattern making and draping and drafting and textile technology. And those are things that I use in my hobbies on the weekend. I don't necessarily use on a daily basis, but there's also a lot of, you know, times where I find that my creativity can lend itself. Well, you know, when I, do presentations or put together PowerPoint decks or things like that. Like it's all things where I get a chance to leverage a certain amount of creativity. Um, and, and then color theory becomes suddenly relevant again when I'm designing slides or a presentation. So mm. lots, of, lots of little stuff. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it, all those experiences build to make you who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next questions on mentorship. Uh, Desi Saniva said that something you told her once was once you start climbing the ladder, always have a hand reached out behind you to help pull the next person up. So I'm curious if you have a mentor and if so, tell me something that you've learned from them that's been very impactful. So I have, I wouldn't say I have one mentor. I would say I have a really great network of personal advisors <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, who have been advocates for me when I wasn't in the room. Uh, and so I'll throw out a couple of names because they're people that have been very important to me. Uh, David Cox and Keith Anderkin, um, when I was at Arby's, uh, Charlie Luziel, um, who's got me involved in Brinker and a lot of different um, organizational things outside of um, just day-to-day -day business. And so they've 
they've all helped me in different ways. But I, I think, you know, one of the most important things that they did for me was take a chance and mm. trust me and trust that I could do it. Um, and that they were willing to speak for me when I wasn't in the room uh, and give me opportunities and bring opportunities to me. And so, you know, I, I talk about climbing the ladder and I talk about it a lot. Like one of the things when I was growing up that my mom always said to me was don't step on people on your way up the ladder because you'll meet them on your way down. Um, oh, and, I love that. And no truer words have been spoken because at some point you're climbing the ladder and at some point you're going to take a couple steps back and then you'll start climbing again. Um, but, but what I've always said is, you know, you don't ever really climb the ladder. Somebody's there helping to pull you up. You're not climbing the ladder alone. And so one thing that I have always advocated for is one to, to realize when you have people ahead of you that are holding out their hand to help pull you up the ladder and, and to have appreciation for that because it's something that they're doing for you. But to also remember that you got to turn your hand, you got to turn around and hold your hand out for the next person that's coming up behind you. Um, and that's, that's where work becomes fulfilling. Um, you know, the things I do on a daily basis are great and they're fulfilling, but the things that I often remember most and, and value most about what I've been able to do in my career is, um, is the times that I've been able to hold my hand out for somebody else. And then, um, you know, give them that foot in the door, you know, help them, help them get, you know, a new opportunity or something. And then to be able to watch them succeed um, is is a very pleasurable experience, um, a very fulfilling experience. So, um, yeah, I I use that um, I use that quite a bit uh, that analogy quite a bit, and uh, I continue to believe that it stays extremely relevant. There's there's no better compliment than someone taking a chance on you. I I love that you said that. Look, there's a lot of people that have taken a lot of chances on me throughout the years. And I, I never forget to continue to be grateful for that because, um, you know, the success I've had in food service supply chain is quite frankly, completely, completely based on all of those opportunities that somebody was willing to give me a chance and take a chance on me. To wrap up here, a couple questions. What daily habit keeps you grounded? So the, the fallacy in that question is assuming that I am a grounded person. <laughs> um, but let's just pretend that I am a grounded person. Um, there's, I don't think that there's one. I think it's a combination of things. Um, and so here's, here's kind of my, here's my recipe. One is that I do hot yoga. Um, mm. And I have actually found that to be incredibly beneficial on multiple levels, um, yeah. where I can really just kind of detox out the world for a little bit. Um, and, and that, that made a huge difference for me. So that's one of them. Um, another one is that I've really had to teach myself to stop worrying about things that I can't control. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, spending a lot of time, uh, you know, focused on, um, you know, things that I can control. And instead of worrying, um, thinking about things that I, that I can have impact on. And then, um, you know, finally I would say 
making sure that I spend time doing things that I'm good at outside of work. So for me, um, it's cooking, cooking big meals um, for my family and entertaining. I love nothing more than having a house full of people um, with a full buffet set out of food. Um, I, I, it's, you know, it's work, but I enjoy it. And the other side of that is, you know, as I'm endearingly called a crafter. Uh, mm -hmm. so, um, anything that I can do that sort of, uh, you know, fulfills that creative spirit and creative side of me helps me, um, you know, stay grounded and, um, kind of unwind from day-to-day -day business, use a little different area of my brain, um, and use that as a recharge to, to keep me, um, moving forward. Absolutely. Hot yoga. I can completely relate. And for, again, a multitude of reasons as well. I mean, it's very detoxing, but you can't use your phone comfortably in hot yoga. Nope. I mean, and if you do, it's gross and it's awkward and you just feel uncomfortable doing it. It's just. <laughs> no. And my studio has that they're on no, they have like a no cell phone policy, which is great. And I usually go in, you know, 15 or 20 minutes before class starts because I have like one specific spot that I like. And so I always <laughs> go in early so that I can get my spot. Um, but it is like 15 minutes of, and the, the yoga that I do is actually dark and candle lit. Um, mm -hmm. And it is just, you know, 15 minutes of just nothing. Yeah. Uh, and you would be surprised how far 15 minutes of nothing uh, can go. Uh, and I just can't advocate. I can't advocate for it enough. On the opposite of, of 15 minutes of doing nothing, let's uh, speed up to a, a heavy week work day. And, and what kind of tool or strategy do you find in those back-to-back -back days that can save you the most time? Is it getting up early? The way that you manage your calendar can be anything. Um, Getting up early is not something that happens for me <laughs> as much <laughs> as I would love to say, yeah, I get up and I read the newspaper or that. Uh, unfortunately, not uh, any uh, trait for me. You know, I would say probably my big one is um, that I use Evernote. Um, it's very similar to OneNote. I find that as I've gotten older, I, I just have no memory left. Um, and I try to do too many things uh, often at times, which doesn't help memory either. And so I keep a OneNote tab for every kind of major topic in my life. So here's a list of things that, oh, I want to tell my team in my next team meeting. Here's a mm -hmm. list of things that, oh, I need to tell my boss the next time we talk. Here's a list of things that you know, for this person and, you know, each of my direct reports, I have a tab for it, you know, um, feedback to offer them, um, all kinds of different things all the way down to probably my favorite tab in Evernote is that I actually keep a gift giving tab. Oh, so too. as I talk to people and they say things like, oh yeah, I love yellow roses or, you know, oh, that's my favorite candy bar or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I, I keep notes on all of it. And so when it's time to give a gift or I want to give a gift, uh, I can easily recall um, special things about people, um, things that they may want or need or like, uh, and, and, um, and easily deliver that. So really my hack is a trick to compensate for a lack of, of memory. <laughs> <laughs> the gift giving tab. I love it. It is. I got it. it arranged by person. Each person has got like bullet points <laughs> under them. Um, but I'll tell you what, like when you're 
uh, you know, outside of work, like making Easter baskets, buying Christmas presents. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's really useful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And to the next generation of supply chain or procurement folks, what is your best secret that you're willing to share? Um, I don't have a best secret. This is what, this is what's great is that it's not a secret. Like, honestly, my winning combo is one, you work hard and two, you treat people well. And that's Mm -hmm. it. It's not grand. It's not sexy. It's just the basics. And, and when you can hit hard on the basics and deliver the basics, you can go far and do a lot. So it's not all about like buzzwords and this new cool thing and being innovative and those are all nice things, but it's really, you know, be easy to hire, be easy to work with, be a good employee, be a good team member, be a good peer, um, you know, be willing to roll up your sleeves and just freaking work. Um, you know, there's, there's a belief that like when you're an executive, you know, you sit at your desk and you tell people what to do and like, that's not true. It's definitely not true in supply chain. Like, I mean, I can't even tell you some of those things that I've done that were not things that I would think that would be part of my job, but I think it just, you know, that's really what it comes down to. So no secrets here, just, just nail the basics. Work hard and be kind to people. And then for a burger, what is the produce item you can't live without or highly recommend to be on your next burger? Extra pickles. Extra pickles. <laughs> and I've ordered uh, I've ordered burgers like that since I was like five years old. Oh. And <laughs> one of my, actually, one of my favorite hamburgers is from McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> and I just love a McDonald's hamburger. And I'll get a burger and extra pickles. And mm. that suits me well. Christy, you're a gem. I, I mean that wholeheartedly. You are such a gem. You are so humble. And I'm so grateful for this time. I know after um, listening to this conversation, people will be um, as enamored with you as I am. But if if they can and are able to reach out and introduce themselves or ask a question, where can people find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there. Uh, get messages on a regular basis. Love to hear from people. So um, always looking to grow my network and meet more individuals um, who are either in the industry, interested in the industry, interested in getting into the industry. Uh, so you can find me there. Awesome. And then for those wanting to get a tasty look at the Tropical Smoothie Cafe menu, hit them up at tropicalsmoothiecafe.com. We'll include that in the show notes as well. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Would share the same remarks to you. I thoroughly enjoy you um, and our work relationship that we have. I appreciate that you've invited me and Tropical Smoothie to participate uh, in this new grounded podcast series that you're working on. And um, I I thoroughly enjoy you as well. Well, thank you. And thank you to our audience. If you learned something today or laughed, tell someone about this podcast. This has been another awesome episode of Grounded. See you next time. And that wraps up another episode. We have covered a lot of ground today. Thank you for joining. For show notes and our most updated market report, visit us at groundedthepod.com. Grounded is powered by the Buyer's Edge Produce Division. 
Our mission is to provide innovative solutions and excellent service to food service operators by leveraging technology, talent, and an insatiable appetite to improve.